Welcome to Stories from the NNI. I'm Lisa Friedersdorf, Director of the National Nanotechnology Coordination Office. Today, it's my pleasure to welcome Clarice Aiello, Assistant Professor at UCLA. Clarice, thank you so much for joining us today. To get us started, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you first got involved in nanotechnology? Yes. Hello, everybody. Hello, Lisa. Thanks for having me here. The first thing I think I should mention is where my accent comes from. I am originally from Brazil. And since my graduate studies, I have been living in the U.S. So I got involved in quantum engineering then during my Ph.D., Quantum engineering is a discipline that wants to study and control quantum objects in a way that might make them useful. Quantum engineering, and by extension nanotechnology, is what underlies fields such as quantum computing and quantum sensing. Quantum computing in particular is relevant today. Many people are talking about quantum computing and how we can harness quantum concepts to have better computers. And during my PhD, I worked with a technological quantum sensor. So there's a lot of mathematical arguments that prove that if you use a quantum object as a sensor, your measurement is improved. In other words, the sensor quantumness enhances the measurement. Uh, During my PhD, I put a single spin in diamond to work as a quantum-enhanced magnetometer. And a spin, for those of you who might not be familiar with the concept, a spin is a merely quantum mechanical property that, say, electrons and atomic nuclei have, and spins measure how well a quantum object interacts with magnetic fields. So you described your research in using quantum mechanics to improve sensing. What types of things are you trying to measure? So let me start by saying what people in general are trying to measure, and then I'll tell a little bit more what I'm trying to measure right now. So people can use quantum sensors to measure anything from magnetic fields to electric fields to temperature in a wide variety of environments. Uh, For example, uh, nowadays, quantum sensors are even used to prospect oil, right, To, to look for the presence of oil in wells. Quantum sensors can also be used to improve the resolution of magnetic resonance images. Quantum sensors can be used to very precisely take the temperature inside cells. And this is what many people in this field are pursuing. The cool thing about quantum sensors is that there are some quantum sensors that work at room temperature and under messy conditions, say in the proximity of a biological sample, in the proximity of of hot, wet, complex environments. And I worked with such a room temperature uh, technological quantum sensor in my past. Nowadays, I'm trying to measure and I'm using slightly different quantum sensors. So there's incomplete but enough evidence that suggests that spins inside biological samples are using laws which are very similar to the laws used by technological quantum sensors in order to interact, in order to measure, if you will, their environment. If that's so, this means that spins inside proteins, inside biological samples, might be working for a short time as living quantum sensors. 
And again, if that's so, I think there's huge potential in taking instrumentation used to study and control and drive technological quantum sensors to do something useful for us and use the same instrumentation to try to study and control those living quantum sensors, those spins inside proteins. So right now, one of the things that my lab is interested in is trying to understand better and really try to control the interactions of spins in biological specimen with their environment. So that's that's the flavor of quantum engineering that I'm working with right now. So that flavor of quantum engineering, as you put it, seems to include a lot of different disciplines. Can you share your thoughts on interdisciplinarity in your research and the types of collaborators that you work with? Yes, we are really at the interface of many disciplines, right? We are at the interface of people doing quantum, people doing chemistry, people doing biosciences, people who are doing hardcore theoretical physics. And I really believe that interdisciplinarity is what is going to drive science forward in this century. And interdisciplinary science, it's maybe an acquired taste because you need to be comfortable with being uncomfortable most of the time. But it can also be very gratifying because you're constantly learning things and especially you're learning to have insights. Once we start considering ways of applying our knowledge in other contexts, I think there's many insights to be gained. So right now, my team is composed of atomic physicists, of chemists, of uh, electrical engineers, of bioscientists, and we are learning with each other as a team and also my collaborators. I have collaborators from many different disciplines. Each one has something new to bring to the table. I really love the way you described that as a need to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And I would agree completely that being at the intersection of disciplines where nanotechnology sits is really an opportunity to learn from colleagues from all sorts of different backgrounds. But I hadn't heard it expressed that way, and I really like that. I'd like to switch gears a little bit and get your thoughts in two different directions. So with the National Nanotechnology Initiative looking toward restructuring and moving toward the future after 20 years. I'd like your thoughts on both from your perspective, where you think the most exciting advancements have come in nanotechnology over the past decades, and where you feel nanotechnology will have an impact in the future and what excites you. So I think I should begin by saying that There is probably no research field in STEM that does not benefit from nanotechnology advances, right? Nanotechnology is everywhere, right? Nanotechnology is present from your computer to things that enable your data taking, that enables apparatuses that you need to take to the field. So I think every research area benefits already from nanotechnology. And there's so many flavors of nanotechnology, right? There is maybe the most standard way of thinking about nanotechnology that is the miniaturization of, say, semiconductor and electronics components. But there's also so much that could also be classified as nanotechnology. And I think that's one area that I think is going to become very important. How do we explore the frontier between 
inorganic and organic nanoscience. How do we make organic compounds talk to non-organic compounds? And from there, you can get to incredible themes of research, such as the interface between computers and living matter. And how can we be both inspired by nature to build better technologies and how we can use humankind-derived knowledge to modify nature. So I think there is a lot of aspects in nanotechnology, especially the interface with biology that is going to become more and more important as we go on. Again, it's, it's a frontier area. It's very related to what I do, to what I'm interested in. So I'm going to cast my vote for nanotechnology understood as the relationship between tiny little parts of biological samples with tiny little parts of humankind-made technologies. When you have students who come to you and perhaps, let's say, young students, undergraduate students, what advice would you give them if they're interested in pursuing studies in a field impacted by nanotechnology? I think that an advice that I would give for students who are interested in nanotechnology is to find opportunities to learn quantum mechanics. All of nanotechnology is sort of powered is sort of explainable by the laws of quantum mechanics. I think that literacy in quantum mechanics is going to be in the near future as important as, say, literacy in encoding, right? For example, when I was in high school almost 20 years ago, students weren't really taught how to code. Coding was a relatively new thing, and people would only learn about coding if they went to, to an engineering school and so forth. And nowadays, middle school students and high school students, many are already exposed to coding. I think the same will happen with uh, quantum mechanics in general, that literacy in quantum mechanics will sort of be an important part of the toolkit of any technology professional. So I would advise uh, students to try to learn the wonders of quantum mechanics in general. And again, th there are many free classes on quantum mechanics available right now. Well, I think that is great advice for students. And I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. Do you have any closing thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners? I think that in general, science advances if we are curious. So if you're a student considering a career in the sciences, know that a career in science and a career in nanotechnology can be very rewarding because you can keep being curious. And I think being curious and acting on the subjects of your curiosity is really something nice for you to be doing every day. So keep being curious, keep the child in yourself and I hope you have a nice interaction with nanotechnology in the future.